Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is... Dr. Allison Smiley. Allison is president of Human Factors North and an adjunct professor at the University of Toronto. She has 35 years experience in the measurement of human performance and was the 1997 recipient of the A.R. Lauer Safety Award given by the U.S. Human Factors and Ergonomics Society for outstanding contributions to the human factors aspects of highway safety. She has acted as a human factors expert witness in over 400 legal cases involving motor vehicle and train crashes. Allison holds a PhD in systems design engineering specializing in human factors and is a Canadian certified professional ergonomist. I'm so delighted to talk with Allison today. She's one of my best kept secrets in terms of impactful entrepreneurs, not just in terms of what she does, but how she's chosen to conduct things in her business. She's certainly well known and highly regarded in her own field, but I'm uh, so glad I can share her with all of you today. So welcome to the podcast, Allison. Thank you for that very kind introduction. (laughs) Well, it's my pleasure. I'm so glad you're here. So what is it that drew you to the particular business that you have now? What was it in that that was compelling for you? Well, I started out with uh, doing a a degree in math and physics, and it seemed to me that I wanted to do something that involved technical things, but people as well. Uh, And so at that point, my dad suggested that I do a master's with one of his friends, who was in human factors and systems design engineering. And I gradually realized, of course, that that was what my dad was also in, so it fit <laughs> quite easily. And this, I was found it quite appealing, the idea of um, figuring out why people make mistakes and then uh, advising on how to redesign the system or the tools or the workplace uh, so that they didn't pay, make mistakes, they didn't get injured, and they didn't get killed. Hmm. Could, could you give us a couple of examples? I'm just thinking of, I mean, you and I have had many conversations over dinner about this and, and the work that you do, and I think it'd be great for people to get a sense of the kinds of things that you're involved with. Well, for example, I do a lot of work to do with highway design uh, in uh, relationship to crash experience at a site. And one of the things that uh, has a big impact on crash experience is is how the road is designed. And if you have an intersection, for example, if you replace it with a roundabout, you can reduce the injury crashes by about 70%. Wow. Because you've greatly changed the demands on the driver. 
no longer do they need to watch out for people coming at a 90 degree angle or potentially get into conflict with people coming at a 90 degree angle on high speed. In a roundabout, everybody goes around at the same speed mm -hmm. and much slower. And you don't have that right angle situation that results in the worst accidents. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. It kind of brings it to life. And I know you've also been involved in um, train crash investigations as well. And yes. the, the whole area of fatigue. Could you tell us a bit about that? Well, fatigue, we're, we have a, a circadian clock, which uh, uh, allows our physiology to kind of ramp up during the day and, and slow down at night when we need to rest. And although one can modify that circadian rhythm uh, so that you are more awake during the night if you happen to be working at night, you can never make a complete shift because all the cues that tell you what time of day it is are still there. So in situations where people are in transportation and have to work during the night hours, there are real concerns about uh, how tired they are and how difficult it is to really do a great deal about that. Uh, there are some things one can do. There are better and worse shift schedules uh, and there are uh, possibilities of napping and restricting the time of day that a given person works that would help uh, with that. Hmm. And, you know, it's, it's something that comes into, uh, as you say, train accidents and also trucking accidents. Right, because there are people that could potentially be sleep deprived. They're on a schedule yes. of trying to move uh, cargo. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I've been involved in is uh, expert panels in both the U.S. and Canada uh, looking at what uh, kind of regulations ought there to be for trucking truck drivers to ensure that they are reasonably well rested. And one of the things that we want to avoid is too many nights worked in a row mm -hmm. and the need for time off to recover from nights worked. Right. Well, there's certainly, um, in terms of, of the work that you do in consulting on highway safety and, and that realm, is there's certainly other people that, that do work in that area and, and ergonomics. What is it about your business that is unique, that's, that makes it special in some way? Well, there actually aren't that many people who work uh, as consultants in the area of transportation, mm -hmm. particularly in Canada. Um, and there are not that many businesses that encompass all aspects of human factors. And by all aspects, I mean not just the cognitive ones that I get involved in, which are things like uh, perception, reaction time, and how much information you can process, and how well you remember stuff, and that kind of thing, but also the physical aspects like, uh, you know, the setup of an office so that you don't get repetitive strain injury or the setup of a manufacturing plant so you don't get repetitive strain injury. Mm. And there are very few businesses that cover both of those aspects, as ours does. Right. 
Well, one of the things that I know from our many conversations over the years is that it's it's not just the specificity of what you do and the the great skill and expertise that you bring to it, but you're also a very thoughtful business leader. You're very thoughtful about, and I mean that in the literal sense of of just really thinking through how can you organize and set up your business and work with your colleagues there in a way that's very compassionate and respectful and honoring of them. And is there, are there ways that your business really reflects deep held values? This is something I've been asking people on the podcast because my belief is that impact arises out of our deeply held and cherished values. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, there, there are a few areas that I would uh, that are important uh, to me. A big one is work-life balance. Um, when I started my own company, which then led into me joining Human Factors North after it had been around for about six months or so, uh, I wanted to, I, I was in the midst of having my second child and I wanted a work situation in which I could feel free to spend the time that I felt I needed to with my child and I had the flexibility to do that mm -hmm. and this in this company um, most of the people in the company have had small children or have them now and that flexibility is I think a key part of them sticking around for so long we've had we have people who've been here two people who have been here 20 years one 15 years and one 10 years and those are long periods of time for people to stick with the same company. Mm -hmm. Other other values that you bring in, I, I know that you have been very cognizant of wanting to mentor younger people and bring them into the business. Yes, yeah, so I, I, right now I'm in, I'm getting to the older age, and uh, so my one of my big concerns is succession planning, and wanting to have people take over the company gradually. I, you know, I want to be around for a long time, but uh, I want people to take over the company gradually because I want it to continue. It's, it's like a child when you have a company, you want it to continue. Uh, yeah, it's your creation. So, yeah, exactly. And I've, I've been very, very fortunate in that some of the people who joined the company so long ago are, you know, very much the kind of people that I want to see carrying this on and mm -hmm. who are, and they are interested in doing so. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is your impact with them? Uh, I, I think I, I feel that my advice is greatly my advice is greatly appreciated by them uh, and it could be on how to deal with clients or how to write a proposal uh, you know, our budgeting kinds of things. Uh, I'm happy to be kind of a, a second uh, eye on on work products, mm -hmm. and it's very satisfying to me that what I have to offer is appreciated. Yeah, and I I know from conversations I've had with your colleagues there, you, they cert it certainly is. So, are there ways that 
you feel what what are the the most important ways that you feel that you impact your your clients and and then we can go into your industry and even the larger world but let's start with your clients how do you impact them well i think by for me uh providing very uh sophisticated information on road users uh, in comparison to common sense which is what's often used to design roads uh, so what we bring is is very specific knowledge about for example how far somebody can see a, a sign with a given letter height and, and contrast or how far uh, a driver needs to comfortably make uh, a lane change and read signs. Uh, some of these kinds of things have been assumed by engineers for many years and they very much appreciate when there's some specific knowledge about how long these things take or you know how, how large letters have to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that has very significant effects on, um, on crash statistics, on collisions and road safety. Is that right? Yes, because I, I as a human factors person, I have access to uh, knowledge about why people make certain types of errors, and therefore what might be the best countermeasures to those errors. Mm -hmm. So when, the, when those recommendations are implemented, then you've got a situation that's far safer that, uh, you know, people traveling in their cars or uh, people that are involved in, trans in the transportation industry, it's a there's there's a significant reduction in in uh, collision crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Crashes and severity of crashes. Hmm. I wish I wish it was possible to know how many crashes I've helped prevent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be great. can't count those. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I, how how do you feel about the impact that you have in your industry? Because you've been very much involved in uh, at a, a larger organizational level with people doing similar and related work. What do you feel is your impact there? Well, the uh, some of my impact has come from being the founding chair for the uh, Canadian uh, College for the Certification of Professional Ergonomists, uh, and that was in 1999. So that has been a big area of influence. Mm -hmm. I've also done a lot of work as an expert witness uh, in court, and the it's unusual, or it was very unusual when I started doing this, for any lawyer to ever have employed a human factors expert before me. So I was able to have a lot of influence in terms of uh, encouraging lawyers to use human factors experts and encouraging judges to accept them as experts. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed that the uh, reports of engineers about driver limitations have become better than they were when I first got involved in this oh, uh, in terms of being uh, uh, of, of realizing that drivers are more complicated than a simple perception reaction time of 1.5 seconds or that there are certain visual situations that are very difficult for drivers to to uh, discern. So you've been able to raise awareness and really help people look at um, 
things from a different perspective, and that's shifted common practice. Is, is that yes. right? Yeah. Yes. And people are more likely to quote research on you know a specific aspect of visibility or perception reaction time than they used to be when I first started into this, mm -hmm. because that's very important to me is the scientific basis of the knowledge that I'm offering about you know road users. Right. Well. I know you to be a very understated and humble person, so I suspect that your your impact extends far beyond even what we're talking about today, and that I'm I'm uh, asking you about. I I suspect that it's you've become quite a thought leader in that realm. And um, can can I get you to admit that, or is <laughs> <laughs> well, I I've certainly taught well, you know hundreds of people in courses at the university and as well people in the industry, police officers, traffic engineers, highway designers, as part of courses that I put on. And I just published a book, uh, which I've written five chapters in and edited the whole thing on human factors in traffic safety. And I expect that to be a good influence on the area for quite a few years to come. Yeah, oh, that's great. So as a reference book or, or being used in, in teaching? As a reference book and being used in teaching. Yeah, that's great. I don't think it'll be a best bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe among the, the people in your realm, but... <laughs> yes. No. So how did this uh, desire to, to have the impact that you've had... I know that, you know, certainly as a consultant, you could just sit in your office and do projects and... You've, you've done far more than that. You've gotten involved at the association level and mentoring and, and many other things. What is it that, uh, how did this evolve, this desire to contribute and to, to be an asset to your profession? How did that evolve? Is it something that you started with? You've always had that or has it changed over time? Yeah, I, I think it's something that I've always had. You know, I, right from the beginning, I wanted to be a teacher. You know, originally it was of math. But then it expanded into human factors, which has a technological component too. And I've, you know, wanted to continue with learning myself to improve the teaching that I do. Mm -hmm. So it's something that you've just built on over time out of this desire to be better at what you do and to be able to relay the information that you've learned and the research you've done and the, and the projects you've done. Is that yeah, fair to say? I mean, it's inspired me to get into teaching, you know, courses and into giving workshops and being in in positions of offering advice. I enjoy that very much. I, mm -hmm. I consider it a great honor to be formally allowed to do that. That's great. Is it important to you to to have this kind of impact with your business? I mean, do you think you would have been satisfied to have a business without? being able to contribute in these ways? Uh, no, absolutely not. I, if, if it didn't have any impact, I wouldn't consider it worth doing. It's, <laughs> it's not the money. It, you know, it's the have it, having some effect on what people do or how they think about something. Mm -hmm. That's very important to me. Yeah, that's great. Have you, in the course of, of when you're... Um, talking about the work that you're doing with clients or in the marketing that you you do. I know 
most, if not all of your business is word of mouth, but has it, have you consciously brought in, um, the aspect of wanting to contribute to the field and therefore benefit other people? Is that something you've brought into conversations with clients? I'm not sure how to answer that. I'm not sure what, what, might be a way of doing that. Okay. I, I guess I was just picturing a scenario where you might meet with a client and then say, you know, if we were to do, if we were to take this approach instead of a, a perhaps a narrower view, this would really make a huge contribution to the field or to other people in this area rather than just limiting to this very narrow question. So that's a potential yeah. scenario I have in mind. Yeah, I, that kind of thing certainly has come up. For example, <clears throat> I was asked by the University of Toronto Library at one point to do to write a proposal to do some work that had to do with the height of the uh, uh, checkout desk. And I had just in the previous two weeks experienced a very frustrating time trying to get books out of the library because of the poor signage. Hmm. And I said to them, you know, I'll write you a proposal for the desk, but you really need to look at this other aspect. And, and they ended up funding that second uh, contract, which yeah. was great, very pleasing to me. <laughs> That's great. And more well, recently, they, uh, I was asked by a rail company to do some work uh, in a new area, and they wanted it done in a big rush, you know, in a week. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, it just can't be done in a week, you know, and this is what you need to do to do that work properly. And I, I gave them some detail. I had zero expectation that I would hear from them again. But they came back and said, yeah, we'd like you to do that. Hmm. So it was very satisfying. That's great. Well, part of the role of the consultant, and, and, you, and I've been in this realm too, so I know that education is an often important aspect of working with a client. They sometimes don't know the repercussions of what they're agreeing or not agreeing to, so part of your role is to teach. Absolutely, and sometimes you get requests for proposals, and you read them, read them and you know <laughs> the person, you know, is really unfamiliar with the area and they really don't know what they really want to ask for. Mm. And, and sometimes that's what you need to bid on, not what they've actually asked for. But the quiz, but rather the question that really needs to be answered in their situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you run into obstacles or barriers in terms of the impact that you want to have? Uh, are there? Can you tell us about a, a situation where you've come up against that, and then um, and how you addressed it? Well, there are various barriers that one comes up against in consulting. I think one of them is uh, some higher authority has said thou must hire a human factors specialist and the person who is dealing with you really doesn't believe it makes any difference or isn't interested in it, that can be very frustrating. So how do you deal with situations like that? Well, sometimes you just have to keep being persistent and trying to explain why it is important and how it will affect what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if they... Other Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Other kinds of barriers are you might be asked to do an assessment that you know is, is they want just a rubber stamp of some new design. 
and uh, you know that that's an uncomfortable position to be in. So I resist. <laughs> yeah, there's an there's an ethical aspect to that. Of yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah, very much something that I know you feel very strongly about. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't promise to do. You know, it comes up with legal reports, for example. The lawyer may wish uh, you to support a certain point of view, but you're there as an expert, and you really have to resist that. And I probably turned down about, well, I don't know, one in five or six cases simply because what I'm going to be able to say is not going to help the lawyer. Right. Yeah. Well, are there... Is there insight? Are there insights that you've gained over your years as an entrepreneur, or advice that you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, "How can I positively affect my own environment and and the larger world? How can I have impact?" Uh, yeah, I have some advice. <laughs> Go first for of it. All, first of all, to do what you love. I think if you don't feel passionately about it then, you know, just to do something to make money is just empty. And so it's really important to do what you love. Mm. And I think with respect to clients, you, should, you need to try and keep them happy because obviously that's why you're in business or how you're in business, but not if it means compromising your work. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think the final thing would be that you need to treat your your team the way you would want to be treated to allow people the independence and the flexibility that would you know that you want in your own life hmm. yeah that's great I mean you've, you've really touched on every aspect of business dealing with clients working with your team and the work itself so thank you so much for joining us today Allison I, I so appreciate your um, humility and i i know the level of contribution that you've made and uh, i know how very thoughtful you've been about how you've organized your business uh, because of the many conversations we've had about that as you've been working through that process so um, i so appreciate you being here and sharing your wisdom and and advice with uh, the entrepreneurs listening i know this is going to be inspiring for them as a way of uh, looking at business perhaps a little bit differently than they have before. So thank you for joining us today. And it's been my pleasure to have the opportunity to reflect on some of the things. I, I really appreciate it. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way is probably through our website, which is www dot hfn standing for human factors north dot ca great okay thank you allison you're very welcome join us for more podcasts on impact subscribe to the work alchemy podcast channel on itunes or stitcher radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available thank you to everyone listening for being here until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.